Join the Unmade community to discuss the media and marketing year over a glass of wine with us in Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane. Our panel will look back at the biggest disruptions to hit the marketing industry in the last year and share the verdict on what trends will shape 2024. Compass takes place in Sydney on November the 14th, Melbourne on November the 21st and Brisbane on November the 22nd. Go to events.humanitics, which is H-U-M-A-N-I-T-I-X.com forward slash host forward slash unmade or just go to every post on unmade and you'll find the URL there. Start the week with unmade. Setting the agenda for the week in media and marketing. Today, the curtain closes on upfront season. The battle for SCA. And Seven's new news platform. Unmade. It's Monday, October 30. I'm a beauty and good morning, afternoon, Tim Burrows. <laughs> good afternoon from New York. But um, before we talk about me, Abe, we need to talk about you. How was the 25th anniversary celebrations of Abe's audio at the weekend? Absolutely epic, Tim. Probably, I would have to say, one of the best parties well, the best party I've ever gone to. I mean, I'm the organiser, so um, of course I would say <laughs> that. But we held it in a venue that was uh, an old steam train workshop, an amazing band. The food was great. The drinks were great. The company was fantastic. Family, friends, clients, voiceover talent. Had 130 people there. Absolutely, yeah, just everything I would hoped it would be. It was, um, was absolutely amazing. And to have all our staff, we've flown our staff in from all around Australia and uh, we have one in the Philippines. We flew her in as well. It was absolutely amazing. Yes, I bumped into you at Launceston Airport and you were there to collect your member of staff. So we, we were able to have a quick cup of coffee together while you were waiting for, um, she was coming in on the plane I was flying out on. She was. And working remotely, it's fantastic, but it can be really difficult to build culture and maintain culture. Uh, you know, you want to communicate, but not over-communicate, so there's not too much noise. And just getting together, you cannot beat FaceTime. So fantastic to have our team all together and an amazing party. And I did get a little bit of iPhone audio that I might treat you to at the end, Tim. We had the Abe's Audio All-Stars Band, where a bunch of our staff and some special guests put together a bit of a little a little band and we uh we were cracking out a bit of Van Halen jump shredding the guitar and I was on the drums so it was lots of fun. <laughs> well, that'll be a treat for anyone who sticks around for the next 20 minutes or so. But enough about me, how's New York? Yeah, now New York is good mate. I've been here for a little bit over 24 hours of my 4 day or so long weekend unseasonably hot weather like incredibly hot weather for october in new york where it should be cold enough to be wearing like the jumpers the scarf i bought a scarf with me um and yesterday we were strolling around um, central park in 28 degrees so i feel like an idiot for bringing a scarf but um yeah it's been fantastic so far been see some uh uh, some great restaurants already and uh, looking forward to the rest of it. But enough about my um, not quite holiday as uh, I'm still kind of working as well. Um, where shall we start today? Well, a little bit to cover today, but it's the last of last week of upfront season. What are we expecting from SBS? 
Yeah, look, we've had one uh, clue already. So SBS made one announcement this morning, which um, which was released, which is um, that they're um, the, the, they're saying they're the first, and this comes with a few caveats, the first to achieve net zero on direct emissions. Now, I'm not brilliant on my different types of emissions. I learned a little bit when we had a chat to um, the founder of Scope 3 a few weeks back on the podcast, which is um, all about the supplier emissions. But where SBS have got to first to net zero is on direct emissions, which apparently are scope one and two. It feels like this is something we're going to have to drill into in a uh, in a f- future week. But um, they, they've begun to sort of measure their carbon output on their shows um and they're beginning to kind of audit their or have already been auditing their whole chain um but yeah there's been a whole sort of series of kind of um different kind of sustainability claims targets and achievements throughout the upfront season but that's one that uh, sbs have been leaning into today and i can see you've got your puzzled face on as i'm saying that eh? pardon my ignorance but what emissions are we talking about? Emissions from production companies, vehicles, cameras. Yeah. My my big thing for me would be what about their transmitters and the huge amount of electricity that's drawn? Is that factored in? Yeah. Look, one of the things is they went. Uh, SBS actually did switch to, um, and I'll get the, uh, the, the 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 phrasing right. One hundred percent renewable energy. Um, so that was, and I'm still quoting from the press release, that was achieved through the federal government's large-scale renewable energy target scheme, which um, effectively they they buy generation certificates that then um, it, it, it kind of sort of feeds through into the energy market. So you're you, you, clearly you create the carbon in the first place, but then you kind of rebalance it. Um, so that at the moment that's about sort of i suppose sort of you know balancing the logbooks um so to speak but they're they're now saying that they aim to for everything sbs does they want to reach net zero by 2045 which then includes its supply chain but um but if we um you know think back to the conversation we had with scope three a few weeks back of course one of those things is just things like um uh programmatic advertising creates so much carbon in the chain because powering all those server farms comes more expensive than you'd think. But, um, but that's just one of the, um, uh, the, 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 the announcements that's being made in um, the SBS upfronts later in the week, which we know about. Um, and I suppose the other thing, you know, the, the, There'll be more because there always are. The other one I'll be looking out for is what's happening with Alone Australia, which was filmed in um, Tasmania last time, although there wasn't much peril for the contestants. You know, there was there was a moment when um, uh, one of the contestants murdered a paddy melon with her bare hands, um, which, <laughs> which, you know, admittedly made great television. But, um, but you know... I think we need crocodiles. That was a, a great show, a bit of a must-view. I did love that. But how were last week's upfronts with O-Media and Foxtel? Yeah, last week was the last sort of super busy week. In fact, thinking about it, um, we actually, gosh, there were there were 
three or four events I sort of found myself bouncing around last week. So we had two of the kind of more, I suppose you call them traditional upfronts in O-Media and Foxtel, and then a kind of more kind of sort of private affair for Paramount slash 10, where where they briefed small groups, um, kind of uh, taking it turns to come in and out of the studio um, at, um, at the 10 headquarters or the Paramount headquarters is a Sydney and then rolling out to Melbourne and other markets as well. So um, in, in order that they occurred, O-Media, they were in the Botanical Gardens in Sydney on a beautiful day, um, which if you're kind of trying to set the mood, uh, you know, for an outdoor company, that works really well. Um, and a, a, a lot of the conversation for uh, was, um, was, 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 was about Sydney Reach, but also about its rio service which is its retail media arm they announced um their uh first kind of i suppose almost you know it was at least in part a representation deal with drake's supermarkets so independent supermarket chain so they'll be running the retail media arm of that which was was to me was just a bit of a signal about I was finally sort of understanding exactly what it was that o media was thinking for retail media so that was um that was last week, uh, Tuesday morning, Tuesday afternoon, as I say, I got along to the, the Paramount upfronts where it really felt that they'd made the transition to a world where they're no longer linear first. You know, the, 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 the broadcast part of the schedule, no longer the most important part, which also makes sense for Seven when it doesn't have live sport, doesn't have live television. So... Um, we, I've, I've, I've recorded a chat with Beverly McGarvey and uh, Jared Villani, which uh, we'll uh, publish later this week, uh, in which we sort of talk a little bit about that philosophy. So they, they, you, as you'll hear, they'll argue a little bit in that that maybe you know they 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 don't fully accept my interpretation that um, that they've moved away or are moving away from linear yet, but uh, but that's a conversation that's um, that's yet to come. And then the other um, uh, big upfronts event of, of 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 the season, and 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 perhaps the biggest one of all was Foxtel's and Foxtel Media, which they they did on Cockatoo Island in Sydney. So that was a boat trip across. But one of the kind of, I suppose, slight bombshells for the industry was the launch of what will effectively become a new measurement currency for TV viewing. So that's initially based on the Foxtel boxes and then sort of um, analysed by Kantar, but uh, creating this sort of coalition of um, digital players, which also includes SBS, also includes Samsung ads, and creates a real kind of question mark about how Oztam, which is owned by 7, 9, and 10, and measures the audiences, how Oztam will proceed from here. So that was um, a real agenda-setting moment. Next, the battle for Southern Cross Austereo heats up. ARN Media is gearing up for its takeover of SCA. Tim, what's the latest? Yeah, one of the things that um, we were really looking out for was Friday's AGM uh, for Southern Cross Stereo, which, hey, I don't know if it's a coincidence of timing or whether ARN had um, timed their takeover bid to come in just before 
um, the AGM. So we were, I guess one of the things we were looking out for was whether something big would be announced at the AGM. And we, we didn't get that. So I think the news from Friday was that there was no news. Um, there, there was more sort of emphasis from the SCA management that the bid that had come in from ARN in combination with the private equity people, uh, Anchorage, was um, very complicated, had some hurdles to overcome, not just in structure, but also regulatory. So they wanted more time. So that um, that kind of, I guess, set the uh, a, 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 a bit of a tone for um, kind of, I suppose, SCA trying to just kind of um, uh, not rush towards something that maybe they don't want. You know, there's a line in um, the financial review this morning with um, uh, sources accusing Southern Cross of slow walking the deal by highlighting its intricacy. Um, which, yeah, Rob Murray, the chair of SCA, repeated as being complex and highly conditional in his address on Friday. But you would have to agree that it is very intricate. I'm, I'm thinking just of one thing, the, the regulatory approvals that would be needed and that you would have many stations owned by, air quotes, the same entity, even though it wouldn't be, potentially, you would think there's a lot of regulatory uh, frameworks to have to and hurdles to overcome. Yeah, look, they are, and that's that's fair. And you know, if if you know, when it when it right from when it first broke, it felt that way because there's almost two levels of regulation to think about. There's just sort of general anti-competitive stuff, which might come under the ACCC, the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission, um, and then the more specific thing, which comes under the ACMA the Australian Communications and Media Authority, which are the rules around entities owning or having control of no more than two broadcast licenses in any kind of broadcast area. And the way it's trying to get around that rule is effectively you have ARN would end up owning um, what's now the KISS network and would hand over what's now the gold network and it would then put within ARN the Triple M network, which is more male-focused, um, which is obviously held at the moment by SCA, and then that would leave the HIT network over there as well. So you 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 would have these two new bodies, one of which is, well, ARN as it is, but the other one would be a kind of, it wouldn't be called it SCA anymore. Um, it would, would be under the control and ownership of Anchorage, and then those two organisations would own fifty um, percent each. The streaming, effectively, a whole new streaming company, which would have the rights from both companies for streaming. So it, it's it's been structured in such a way to avoid those regulations. But as you say, the only way of doing that is very very complicated. But according to today's capital brief, the cat Anthony Catalano is entering the fray. This is interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. So um, where I suppose Anticatalana kind of fits within this piece is he's the proprietor of ACM, Australian Community Media. So that's regional and local newspapers. Um, So that kind of, you could see a sort of um, tie-in with certainly SCA's TV licenses because 
they have the regional TV licenses, gen- for the most part affiliated with 10 Signal. Um, and you then um, also obviously have um, have the regional radio operation as well. Now, the question for Catalano is, could he could he raise the funds to do something? Now, of course, one thing is that um, radio networks are as cheap as they've ever been at the moment. So, you know, valuation-wise, that makes it slightly easier. Um, but also, Catalano has a, a bit of a habit of throwing himself into the himself into these takeover bids because sometimes he just gets an extra sort of bargaining chip along the way and we saw that when um seven had its first swing at taking over prime the regional tv operation and he and his um co-investor um alex wastelist effectively helped scupper the first run at it and then the second time around seven actually had to do it with cash and they succeeded and they all fell out terribly badly for about 10 minutes but then once seven realized they wanted to invest in view which is the real estate play that anthony catalano is also working on um which was um you know, the full name was Real Estate View. Then all of a sudden they were all friends and Seven took an investment. So I think the name frenemy, that I think the term frenemies is a probably quite apt when we're talking about uh, Catalano and uh, co-conspirators. Absolutely. When it comes to Anthony Catalano and 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 Seven, that's a that's a great description. And it could soon be Anthony Catalano. And well, yes, I guess SCA. He's maybe trying to position himself as the white knight or the friend. And yes, probably a bit of an annoyance for ARN. Although very very early days for that one. But yeah, there's some reporting on on that in um the small in Capital Brief this morning. You mentioned slow walking. Interesting in, in today's AFR, Southern Cross is taking advice from a new source on which direction to go. Yeah, that's uh, again. It's in the same piece in the in in the AFO, and it's it's created a little bit of annoyance because um, SCA has switched from its advisor Grant Samuel to UBS. Now, I must admit, I'm not that great on financial machinations and you know what one advisor does for another, but um, it happened after the annual meeting and also after um, Grant Samuel had. Um, been uh, briefed on the bid as well so that sort of created annoyance from the ARN side that that slows things down and I suppose that's the thing is is if you think that the instinct of the SEA board is not to want to go ahead then you know all sorts of you know sort of maneuvers can then take place to slow things down so I um, so reading between the lines I think this is what the AFSR story is kind of um implying and of course um that could potentially put the the the, the board at loggerheads with some of their largest largest shareholders who seem to be saying increasingly loudly that they quite like the shape of the deal next seven's new masthead There's news in The Australian this morning that Seven is planning to establish an East Coast-based news platform. Tim, how will they do that with so much existing competition? Yeah, this is an interesting one. So this is an exclusive from Sophie Ellsworth in The Australian, and it's a it's a good one. So a, a 
according to the Australian um, Seven West Media, is establishing a national news platform with an East Coast focus in an attempt to take on other dominant players across the country. Now, just the other day, we had um, the latest um, uh, monthly numbers from Ipsos, who rank the news sites. So if you kind of look down the news sites as they stand at the moment, um, newscorpsnews.com.au had the biggest um, uh, audience reach in September, reaching um, uh, just under 12 million, actually. Um, Then ABC News, just under 11 million. Uh, 9.com.au, 10 million. We then come to Seven West Media's existing kind of horse in the race, which is um, sevennews.com.au, reaching 9 million. You then go Daily Mail Australia, Sydney Morning Herald, The Guardian, The Age, SBS News. And then down in 10th is another one owned by Seven West Media, which is the West Australian, which has an audience reach of 4 millions. And obviously that has a... Um, a West Coast focus. Now, a little quirk to that is I'm always very curious about why the claimed audience reach under the Roy Morgan readership survey is so high for the West because, it, you know, I remember looking before and thinking, but that's that's like three quarters of the population or something. Do that many people really uh, read about the affairs of West Australia? But that's a, that, that, that's a side issue. But um, I think to... To, to answer your question, it probably feels to Seven that with their existing resource, something which is more tuned for an East Coast audience just has the potential to find some growth. You know, arguably, it looks like reading the Australian story, they'll 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 have some international coverage as well. Um, but it. You know, again, according to the Australian, it won't be anything like the the, the sort of feel of the the current um, seven news site. So, so yeah, look, it it makes sense when you've got that resource. Um, I think the question will be, will it be a bit like Nine's publishing operation, where effectively, if you're reading the Age, if you're reading the Sydney Morning Herald if you're reading the Brisbane Times, you're really reading the same stuff with different mastheads. Um, or will it be something a little bit deeper than that? But um, but yeah, fascinating. I can't wait to see how that one unfolds. So how will that tie in with their existing mastheads, The West and 7news.com.au? You said 7news.com.au had 9 million. Why would you start something else potentially to cannibalise that? Well, I guess because it's reach, the argument would be... So long as you're tempting people to um, go somewhere else or send them somewhere else, then you're finding more reach on another site as well. So if incrementally you grow it and it doesn't cost a great deal more to do so, then there's there's a commercial argument for it. Now, of course, it does come at a time when advertising CPMs are just, just going down and have been for the last few years now. So... You know, my my instinct is there won't be a great deal of new resource going in. I'm sure there'll be some because these things are only successful when you have someone who gets out of bed in the morning as for, for thinking first about something. Um, but yeah, I I suspect that um, it would lean quite heavily on on the West and sevennews.com.au for at least some of its content. 
Well, that's it for today. We'd love to hear what you think at letters at unmade.media. That's letters at unmade.media. And we will be back tomorrow with Choose Data, in which Sedja tackles the changing dynamics of the business media landscape. Don't forget, if you'd like to support Unmade, you can become a paying member. Go to unmade.media to find out how. Today's podcast was produced with the usual enthusiastic support of Abe's Audio All Stars. <laughs> and as we play out, Tim, here's some badly recorded audio of the All Stars playing Jump. We'll see you next time. Toodle Pep. Podcast edit by Abe's Audio.